Hi, I'm Emma and I'm an 11-time world champion paracanoist. And hi, I'm Ruth. I am a leadership and personal development specialist and executive coach. And welcome to Fast and Curious. Over the next year, we're going to be tracking my training plan as I prepare for the Paris Paralympic Games in 2024. And we're trying to also find the links between business and sport as we connect the boat with the boardroom. So join us each month as we combine Emma's sporting achievements with Ruth's leadership expertise to bring you advice, motivation and hopefully some laughs to help you become fast and curious. Welcome to episode three of Fast and Curious, a journey of self-discovery and development to improve your performance in sport, in business, or just in life. As you know, if you've tuned in before, over the next 12 months, we're going to chart the ups and downs of my journey to the Paris Paralympic Games, unpicking some strategies and some techniques that can help all of us perform better and hopefully be happier. So Ruth, welcome again to the podcast. Sorry, I must just start by telling you that last night I got five questions in a row on Mastermind. So oh, I feel yeah. I feel like our podcast conversations about performance are rubbing off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope so. I mean, I, I don't want to like dampen down your enthusiasm here, but sometimes I think the general knowledge in Mastermind, it's it has dumbed down, Emma. Don't I mean, tell not, me that because I'm it was not saying you didn't do well to get five. I mean, that is that is pretty good. But you know, it we're not talking only connect levels here. Well, I, I was going to say that actually only connect afterwards. I I went to sleep in the end because I couldn't get any of them. I don't even understand the questions some of the time. Yeah. But anyway, I was on only connect occasionally, but then I get so excitable. My best bit is the missing words, the missing vowels thing. Yeah. Well, I, think, I kind of think it's a bit, you're being a bit showy-offy now. So I'm going yeah. to crack on. I'm going to crack on with the episode. I've gone mad. I've gone mad. But anyway, well done on five consecutive answers. Thank you. Even, even if it was in the general knowledge. Anyway, um, the last time we spoke about the process of planning, and today we're going to explore about how managing our mindset can drive performance. And I think last time, as we discussed, Ruth, I love a plan. I love a spreadsheet. I love uh, uh, any sort of plan that I can write down on paper. Um, and I think it's if I can make a what if strategy list, then uh, then I'm absolutely on board with doing that. But I think what really interests me is that doesn't always mean that I get the most from myself day to day. And that's, I think, where this topic of mindset is really, really interesting. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I think it actually drives everything. Um, so, you know, you can have all the best plans in the world, but if your mindset is in some way off a bit, you know, and you're either doubting yourself or you're, um, you know, you're not looking for the right things in the work you're doing or in the training or in the, you know, whatever it is you're doing, it can really derail things. So, you know, I, I mean, there is a lovely book actually by Ryan Holiday um, called Discipline is Destiny. Uh, a fantastic book. And um, one of the things he talks about in there is this mindset of being um, actually still continuing to believe in yourself. So he's got this lovely quote, which is losing isn't always in our control, but being a loser is. And I think I like it. You know, it is. It really is that that, you know, do you have a setback and then say, oh, well, you know, that means I'll never be able to do it. You know, I'm I'm rubbish, you know, or do you bounce back from that? And of course, you know, in your um, 
training, you will, of course, get some setbacks, I presume, and we'll already be having them. I mean, we're already into this 12-month period. You know, it's going along. And I'm really interested to hear how that's going. But, you're, you know, you must always – well, you must, I presume – you always gen genuinely believe in your potential and in your ability because you've done it before, but also you know you're you're looking after yourself, and so that that's why this this the things that happen, the the losses or the setbacks or the problems that we have in business, they don't mean that you're any less of a person with huge potential. Yeah, it's so true, isn't it? And I think that's one thing that really intrigues me is. I absolutely don't always believe in the in my ability to get an outcome, but I absolutely believe in my ability to work hard and to do my best to to give me the best chance. So I think there's a subtle there's a subtle tweak there. Yeah, and I think you know that that the, there are some things that in life we can't control, um, and you know we'll come on and talk about those a bit later on. But yeah, you're you're proving to yourself every day through the work ethic and through the plan. And through the diligence and the determination that 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 can continue. And so therefore, obviously, you'd, you'd hope to be successful. So, I mean, can we just talk about what it's like at the moment in the training? Because I know that our listeners are really keen to hear, you know, the ups and downs of this journey. And obviously, you know, we're into November. I mean, it's all great, isn't it, doing this in the hot well, I was going to say the hot summer. Actually, the summer was basically June and September, wasn't it? But whatever. <laughs> but now, of course, we're not in those lovely summer months. So what's what's the story at the moment? How's it going? Yeah, I think I think this is the point where I'm really glad that this is a, an audio podcast, not a video, not a video, because I think the listeners would be quite horrified with the with the state of me. It's you know, it's brutal. It's it's the winter block. Um, secretly, I quite like it. I like the fact that we are in a block that just requires really hard work. Yeah. Um, we we are in this kind of uh, big block, we call it, of work into, into Christmas. So normally we would have a kind of cycle of hard weeks with a light week interspersed. Right. Yeah. Um, in this block, it is eight gruesome hard weeks uh, back mm. to back where we just kind of tweak the focus slightly. Mm. So for me, we're trying to, to reduce the concurrent fatigue and, and allow us to hit the gym hard and hit the water hard um, by being really clever with with what we're focusing on so you know effectively it's a lot more work but actually I quite like the, the grind of it but yeah. you absolutely have to you know get the mindset right to enable you to smash it some days and actually just survive some days I think there's some days where you're clinging on but I think yeah. over the years I've I've kind of learned that that I can survive those days better um, yeah. with some tweaks with mindset. I mean if you think about the the way we would normally talk about somebody's efforts and organization of things, we would say, wouldn't we, some hard, you know, as you described that block of some hard weeks, then a light week, you know, there's a lot to be said for looking after yourself and recovery and, you know, keeping yourself able to continue the pace. But what is, what is the reason at the moment why the hard weeks are all coming together? What's the thinking behind that? So it's really just about trying to maximize our exposure to the training load. So I'm obviously trying to, to perform in two different boats. So effectively, we as canoeists have gym work to do, and then we have work to do on the water. I've got double the work on the water because I've got two different boats that I'm paddling. So the theory behind the, the, the eight consecutive weeks is that we can just be really clever with our focus so right. there'll be a there'll be a gym focused week with a bit of water work but less water work and then we'll go again hard on the water but with a bit less gym the next week. 
So it's right. just all about just being slightly clever with our focus, yeah. um, which hopefully gets more more juice out of the squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> which I know is one of your favourite little sayings. Well, know? there's not much juice left some days, but I think. <laughs> but again, but again, this is where I think it's quite relatable to people listening because in this big block, I have to be even more focused and even more diligent with that discipline. And I, you know, mm. I look at the start that discipline of of bedtime, of nutrition, of protecting mm-hmm. my recovery time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we we politely say no to anything social on a Sunday because that's a really, really focused recovery day. Yeah. So I think it's about managing that and, and managing people's expectations. You know, most of my family don't expect to see us in November and December uh, <laughs> because it's, it is this big block. So you've yeah. got to kind of have these choices, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, you know, I like the idea of the... I think, you're, you know, you and I are similar in some ways about let's get the tough work done. You know, let's let's kind of get all that under our belts and then we move forward. And, you know, I'm thinking about in business, of course, a lot of people are approaching, you know, the end of the year. They've got year end. You know, they've got they've got things they're building up to. There's always this natural Christmas end point anyway, isn't there often, you know, where we think, well, I need to get that done by Christmas. You know, even talking about we're decorating our bedroom at the moment and my you know, a lovely husband said, oh, I can't do that before Christmas. I was like, what is that even mean? You know, <laughs> come on. Um, but anyway, but the point I'm making is, you know, you, you, you decide you're going to do something. The mindset to do that, and we talked about purpose in the, in the first episode we did, how important that is. Um, if your mindset isn't actually telling you the truth about the progress you're making and about the effort you're putting in, but actually starts to sort of unravel a little bit and say, oh, you know what, this is all a bit much and I'm not up to it. I'm not able to do it. That's incredibly dangerous, isn't it? Because your days are ticking by. So what's your, you know, what's your way around that, Emma? Because you you can't say, well, I'll have a month off because the whole thing goes to part, doesn't it? And I think that's probably something that I've kind of learned a bit more about myself as I've got older as an athlete. I think there is a bit of a slippery slope with that unhelpful narrative, or I guess some people call it self-talk, mm-hmm. where you can let your brain convince you of things that just simply aren't true, yeah. um, which I think is quite unhelpful, whether it be that, that something isn't fair or whether it be that you can't do something or, you know, it's it's too much. Um, I think that narrative can be really, really unhelpful. Yeah. So I've, I've kind of learned over the years and, and possibly could have learned it a bit earlier that I can control some of that narrative by preparing better for the day so you know I do something really simple in the morning in my diary I will write down um what I'm aiming to do so it literally says I will and then I write a list of things that I'm going to really try and and do in the day and that might simply be um just just try and be positive or it might be some days just just survive don't just don't cause any destruction to other people um and then I will also try and go back to it and think about what did I do so it'll say I did I learned um I'm proud of things like that just giving myself a bit of a structure and what I think that does is free up um I call it bandwidth Mm. so if I go into my day without preparing my bandwidth is um, is quite small so mm. then anything can derail me um, even something really minor like for example I went into the athlete lounge the other, the other day and yet again people had piled up the draining board like a game of Jenga 
you know, <laughs> rather rather than putting the stuff away, they just have piled it up. And, you know, something yeah. so meaningless as that can just trip you over the edge if you haven't got the bandwidth to to kind of cope with it. Yeah. Um, so I think having having that ability to kind of choose, it's about choice, isn't it? To choose to kind of yeah. free up some extra bandwidth to allow us to to make the most of the day that we've got, I think has actually been really helpful. And I think as well, I mean, what you're talking about there is is the, I love the phrase bandwidth, you know, as if there's a certain amount of, of space and facility we've got to manage ourselves. Um, and, you know, these these things you're saying to yourself, either at the beginning of the end of the day, like, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for this or, you know, I plan to do this or I, I'm, uh, you know, I've learned this or I'm proud of this. When you're saying those, I mean, we often call those, you know, self-affirmations. When you're saying those things, of course, what you're doing is you are laying down these neural pathways in the brain for, for that. You know, you're, you're, you're creating a pathway that over time, yeah. the more that we say these things like I will do this or I, you know, I am grateful for that or whatever, it builds and builds every single day. And, you know, a lot of the learning about mindsets is that you can... Uh, make yourself stronger by repeatedly saying those things that are true, of course, and that matter to you. Um, but it's amazing what we can do in terms of the neuroplasticity in the brain yeah. of creating that in the brain. Um, so I, you know, I love the way uh, I love the way you do that. Um, and I think you, I think it's it's. I often thought of it as a bit indulgent, a bit self indulgent, and a bit fluffy to kind of be taking the time to to think about these things but genuinely I've seen it work I've seen yeah. it work in how I in how I approach the day how I approach conversations you know we talked about in the purpose episode we talked about having a purpose for a meeting mm. um but I think you know I guess in your world you've seen a complete array of behaviors um yes. that are driven by people's mindsets yeah yeah for good and bad you know and uh and that's one of the things I want to talk about in at the end when we come to our sort of three takeaways is the fact that so much of the work in mindsets can be driven and created by us. You know, it's not you could say, well, I've got, you know, people often talk about themselves, I think, a bit like they're a finished article, you know, like, oh, that's just me. You know, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't, you know. I often say things like, you know, I can't do a spreadsheet. It's not true. You know, I just don't want to is the truth. Um, but we talk about ourselves in that way. And I think that the, the, the leader, if you like, or the head of the family or the person in the friendship group or whatever, you know, or in your sports club or whatever thing you're facing in your life and you're dealing with has the ability to choose the mindsets they want to go with. And sometimes I've seen great leaders who've you know deliberately gone for things and created an environment for that and other times who just don't think about it and then yeah. say you know well nobody here nobody here thinks like I do nobody gets it you know that's a famous phrase isn't it or the other thing that really drives me insane when leaders say I need people to step up what the hell does that even yeah. mean right it drives me insane because it's so derogatory as if you know if everybody else could get to my level, we'd be. Okay. Yeah, if everyone else could be as good as me. Yeah, you know, and it's like, guys, come on. Um, but you know that that difference between being the master of the mindset versus the the sort of slave to it, I think, is is really important. Yeah, I like that. 
I mean, one of the great um, quotes that um, Steve Moroboli said was, you know, once your mindset changes, everything on the outside will change with it. Oh, I like that. Beautiful, isn't it? You know, once yeah. it changes. And of course, what that also suggests is that it is changeable. Yeah, you know, it definitely is changeable. But um, I think I think within my life, there's definitely been um, times where my mindset has has been very, very different to what it is now. And I think it fluctuates. I don't think it's not one of those things that, you know, we fix it. We've got a mindset and that's it forever. I think yeah. I think it I think it fluctuates in in the, in the year in in certain situations and i think the one thing that i think has been a real game changer for me is uh, on an event that we did together we talked about um behaviors and how our mindset can drive behaviors and vice versa yeah and i think it was that bit that we that we talked about in terms of above line and below line behaviors yeah that was an absolute game changer because i love you know i love to learn one of my values is 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 learning yeah. and and actually to learn about above line and below line behaviors and how that can completely drive our the outcome of what we're of what we're trying to achieve yeah. was an absolute game changing moment and once you've learned it you can't you can't un, unknow it yeah. so it's almost it's adding a layer of accountability because now that i know you know to be above the line you're curious you know you're looking for solutions you're you're trying to add value you're you know you're seeking out the possibilities yeah. as opposed to below the line where you might be a bit, you know looking to blame other people or yeah. which i guess happens in business quite a lot does it yeah below definitely the line? i think you know i think i've spoken before in other episodes about my worry so much is that we spend a lot of time in business in judgment of other people you know we are judgmental and in a way, we've kind of created that because we, you know, we promote people. We say, well, you're better than him, you know, so uh, you've got to show that you're better than him. So you're kind of kicking people as you as you work your way up the tree sort of thing. I hate that. You know, I think that the again, the best leaders that I've ever seen are not trying to take anybody out on the way. They're trying to bring people with them. Yeah. And the below the line thinking, which is very much. Uh, it's important that I am, it's more important that I'm right yeah. and that you listen to me than it is for me to be curious or to be, uh, you know, in deep listening to somebody else or to have humility. That, that I'm afraid, pervades a lot of organisations, you know, where people have to prove that they are better. And, and that is a real issue. So I know that there are, there are many people who are thinking differently to that now and thinking if we can create an inclusive environment where it's not about, you know, I know more than you and I am the best thing that's ever happened to this company. It's about what can we together achieve? They are going to be the ones that, that would succeed because you're just maximizing the potential of everybody. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what we're trying to do in the high performance sporting world. Yeah. You know, we know, we know the truth of the situation. We know there are certain, only a certain number of places up for grabs for Paris next year. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know until yeah. the summer next year who's going to go. So our mindset is is trying to be as much as possible above the line to to give everybody the best chance of of getting faster and yeah. therefore the fastest people going to the games, having been pushed by the other people, yeah. um, and the people that go hopefully then pull. Put, reach down and pull the others pull the others yeah. up so yeah. I think it's absolutely fundamental across across most of the areas so okay brilliant so, we, so I think we can probably tick the box that says mindset is pretty is pretty crucial pretty cool. obviously there's there's so much we could talk about but if we wanted to think about our 
our takeaway top tips, what, what would those be for people listening? Okay, I've got three this, this time that I want to talk about. Uh, the first one is, and this is probably where most people would, when we talk about mindset, a lot of people refer to having a growth or a fixed mindset. This is uh, largely the work of Carol Dweck, who um, wrote a book called Mindset. Uh, but she's done a lot of work, particularly uh, looking at children and how they see themselves and what they believe in in themselves. Basically, you know, I'm sure our listeners are very familiar with fixed and growth, but the fixed mindset says, this is me. I've got these talents. I've got this ability. That's all I can do. You know, if you don't, you know, and they if they fail at something, it's game over. They don't want to kind of try again. A growth mindset, on the other hand, says, well, I think I can learn, I can adapt, I can change, I can improve my ability. Um, and, you know, I could put focus on things, I can practice things, I can try. And if I fail, I'm just going to use that um, experience to go again and to improve. You know, so it's not that failure becomes the end. So, you know, I I think on this one, the important point is that a great leader can notice whether somebody is fixed or growth mindset. And the truth is, Emma, we're actually both. We're a mix. You know, we're not yeah. all. I mean, we would say, well, having a growth mindset is very healthy. But let's be honest, we're not. I mean, I have in my just a personal example, which I'm sure everybody listening will think, well, you know, she's absolutely mad. A few years ago, I got very scared driving on the M25. And now I tell myself, well, I can't drive on motorways anymore. Yeah. And I'm fixed. I'm like, you know. That's fixed. That is properly fixed. On, that's fixed. I can't that's, yeah. You know, if I had to, of course, I could drive on a motorway. Yeah. And, and actually, if I had a growth mindset around it, I'd say, well, I can try little bits of motorway. You know, I can learn. I can, I don't know, I could get some sort of therapy or something. But. I am fixed on that. And it's a choice now, yeah. you know, and for whatever reason, I, you know, hope other people will drive me about, but the fixed and growth, I think sometimes we're, we get this wrong and think everybody is either one or the other. That's not true. We are a mix, but the important thing for leaders is creating the space for people to try things and yeah. for allowing them to feel psychologically safe when they're doing something that they're not getting right first time. It doesn't yeah, matter. Brilliant. What matters is that they are allowed to try. And, yeah. um, you know, that we're not saying, well, you're not good at this, so you'll never be able, you know, like I'll never be able to drive on a motorway. Again, not true. Um, but, you know, when, when a leader can see that people are doing that, and I'm very encouraged that actually, in education, especially early years education, nowadays, I think young children are being told to say words like, yet, I can't do it yet. Yeah, I like that too. That's but very great. It has the possibility that I might be able to do it in the future. Yeah. So, so point number one really is be aware of the difference between growth and fixed and encourage focus on things, attention paid to things, curiosity, and, and most of all, keep the environment safe so that people can fail safely and not get too discouraged. Yeah. Um, okay, that's number one. Number two, this is really important. And you've already sort of teed me up for this by talking about what's not true in your mind. But you are the owner of your mind. We are the owners, right? We 
that's just it and it's controllable our minds are controllable but they are open to going off kilter a little bit uh, particularly when something goes you know we have what we call a trigger event you know and for some people having i mean for some people opening the curtains in the morning and it's a dark dismal you know yeah miserable day see even the language you use around that miserable why does it have yeah. to be miserable what's true is it's raining uh but for that can send our you know kind of mind into oh you know well this isn't great you know i was hoping today would be as sunny as yesterday well it's not you know but the thing is with the mind it's it's very very uh quick to react to things so if you let's say for example you get an email and somebody in there has been, uh, you know, maybe it's clumsily written. It's a bit um, cruel, perhaps, or hurtful. Our state changes immediately. And at that point, we start to tell ourselves stuff that's not true. So yeah. we start saying, well, you know, you're the one who who actually got that wrong. Or I shouldn't have to deal with you. Or, you know, whatever. We, get, we can get very, very critical. And I think controlling your mind means that you take a moment just to pause, breathe, uh, connect your purpose, which we did talk about before, but then to really just say, is what I'm telling myself in this moment actually true? And I think it's so important, isn't it, in this world where we get, I do it all the time with text messages, I'll read a text message with the tone that I am thinking it's written with. And that might and that yeah. might be completely untrue. Yeah. So I think I think this is such a good point. Our mindset is controllable. That's the point you're coming totally back is. to. Totally and, is. And know. actually, we can we can help ourselves by. So I have a list that's called the truths about canoeing, and it's, right. written, it's, written, <laughs> it's written in the back of my diary, and it says things like, "I'm choosing to do this." Yeah. You know, so that's a truth. Like the, the you know, Paralympic sport isn't always fair. Like it, yeah. all these things that yeah. are truths. The world is not the same for everybody. These yeah. sorts of just almost like a script are the things that you can go back to and read to remind you yeah. of what the actual truths are. And that is the element of control. And that is brilliant because that's, as we were talking about earlier, the, the self-affirmation. So, you know, the ways that you manage your mindset is, is you keep it on track because it needs help in those moments. But yeah. just saying to yourself, is this true? Is what I'm telling myself now true, false, or I don't know? It can only be one of those three things. Yeah. And I notice when, you know, if I'm coaching somebody and they're saying stuff about what they believe to be true, and I say, well, what's true about this is that you didn't want them to say that. What's yeah. true is that you've never had that happen before. Those things are true. That is not the same as, you know, well, this person's an idiot. But yeah. I think the point is here for leaders is, is and for everybody, it doesn't, you don't have to just be a leader person to talk about this, is once you decide what's true you can choose a response that is more considered and chosen and can really uh avert what could be potentially quite a contentious situation so you own your mind mindset is uh your mind is controllable that's point two now final one point point three i think that i again i've seen organizations a lot in all these millions of years and I've seen a lot of leaders who can choose the mindsets that they want in their teams or in their organizations or in their families or in their friendship groups or whatever, or in your sports club. You can choose a mindset. Let's say, for example, you said, 
well, we want to have a mindset of innovation, right? That's a mindset we're going for. If that was true, you could design a series of practices or behaviors that feed innovation. So if you're having a team meeting, you can have time set aside for new ideas. You can encourage and reward behaviors where people don't shoot an idea down before it's been properly explored. But actually, you know, we particularly ask for new ideas and we welcome them and embrace them. And that's very different. I mean, one of the things that really makes me sad is when people join an organization, I don't think the receiving organization makes enough of the fresh pair of eyes that come in. In those first few weeks, they are just, you know, kind of calibrating it against what they've seen before and thinking, oh, that's interesting how they do that. That's better than what I used to do in my old company or "Mm, don't know why they do that. We did it much better when I worked at wherever. But, you know, that we don't really exploit that newness. And I think that's really important. So my final point is try to create a climate where you reward the behavior that you want that, that, encourage, that accompanies that mindset like innovation um, and make the space for it. Set up rituals or routines or, you know, uh, structures that support that mindset. So the three are growth and fixed. Growth will try and can fail, but you've got to help people to feel safe enough to have a growth mindset. Point two, your mind is controllable. Have a look what it's doing. It can be a very slippery character. And point number three, create the environment and the climate by choosing a mindset and then designing a system around that. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I think the biggest thing that I'm I'm hearing from all of this is that our mind will drive our behaviours, will drive our emotions. But the most important thing is, is that we've got a choice in in how we control it or listen to it or choose not to listen to it. So absolutely, I think this is uh, applicable and, and, and hopefully helpful to anybody, whether it be daily life, sport, business or whatever. But absolutely brilliant. I've absolutely loved uh, chatting about that. Our next episode is going to be uh, on challenging communications, which I think is kind of ideal <laughs> because it's coming out near Christmas. Um, yes. And I think most most households <laughs> at some point over the Christmas period have um, have challenging communications. So exactly. I think that's going to be a really exciting topic. Don't forget, if uh, you want to send any questions in, feel free to drop us a line uh, on LinkedIn or any of the social media channels uh, and we will do our best to to answer those. But hopefully we shall hear uh, hear more about challenging communications next time. And yeah. thanks very much for listening. Thanks, Em. And thank you, everybody, for listening in. Um, and, you know, all of these things that we're talking about, we're um, keen to engage with you on them. If anybody listening would like us to come and talk in your organisations about any of this that can all be organized. So do get in touch with us and uh, let us know what you think. But thanks for your time and uh, um, get back on the water and paddle away.